Hello everyone, welcome back to Old Soul Podcast. My name is Bree, that's spelled B-R-E-I. Thank you so much. On today's commentary, I'm going to be discussing the film Monster House, released in 2006, rated PG, runtime is an hour and 31 minutes. And I don't have a specific reason as to why I watched Monster House. Um, I noticed it on Netflix maybe like three weeks back and I thought it would be cool to do a commentary over it. Uh, I really enjoyed this film as a kid. I thought, well the thing that really drew me in as a kid is that um, it was animated uh, and not to say that animation is only tailored toward children but it definitely brought me in in 2006. Um, I remembered liking it. I'd seen it um, quite a few times in my life, probably more than six, but recently as an adult I uh, haven't seen it. I don't think, I mean I'm trying to think, like did I watch it as a teenager? Maybe in college and I can't think of any like recent time other than now, so yeah I wanted to watch it and it probably is a better time to watch it during maybe like Halloween or something. It does have that vibe, that fall vibe, but it was actually released in July of 2006, so it's technically July now. And anyway, not the point, I'm going on a tangent. But uh, so yeah, the IMDb uh, summary of this is three teens discover that their neighbor's house is really a living, breathing, scary monster. So, I guess I'll do a summary and break off into scenes that I liked, sort of speak about the characters, you know, I never really have a method for this, but our main three characters are DJ, Chowder, and Jenny. These are all voiceover actors. Um, if you want to look for who actually play the voices of these characters, you'll want to look this up. But again, this is an animated film, and so I'm just going to go based off characters. It's probably easier, although I do tend to put actors and actresses' real names when I say about, um, say commentary or do, or do commentaries. This time, it's not going to be the case. Uh, so yeah, so DJ is our, I'd say, main character. Uh, the story does stay on him quite a bit and then adds in the other characters. Uh, DJ is an only child, it appears to be, yeah, he's the only child. He <laughs> has a neighbor uh, known as Nebercracker, who's like this older man who lives directly across the street from him, and <laughs> he's one of those like stereotypical older men who don't like when you're on their lawn or on their property. and gets really loud and in this film specifically he takes children's tricycles and toys whenever they are in his lawn and he's been like this for years um in the start of the film there's a young little girl whose tricycle gets taken away by nevercracker and he yells at her and she runs away and um DJ's watching this whole time from his bedroom window where he has like this telescope, uh, I think it's a telescope, and he 
sees the whole thing obviously it's not surprising to him and he has like this little notebook and he's like oh another tricycle down you know so obviously this is like a thing but dj is actually very scared of nevercracker and it seems like most kids are and um you'll find i find that this film feels very much like a middle grade story definitely targeted toward children i feel in the way that it chooses to be voiced by children um, and the way that it uses symbolism um, some aspects of it are scary in a way that i feel like a child would definitely imagine something to be scary like uh, i'll get more into it but the house alone doesn't it needs like um never crackers house specifically the house across from dj's house is very gray definitely needs a paint job looks like it's just rotting away um, it sort of has this grim frown look. It almost feels like a human. It has a presence in the film, like an additional character of its own, which technically, when we get into the logistics of it, it kind of is um, almost uh, an omnipresent sort of feel. It's always watching. It's always there. It's very much in control. The kids sense it, and you feel more, um, I think, involved in the story especially when the story very deliberately takes away the parents and the adult figures um even nevercracker even though he is very much another essence that the children are scared of but then they find that there's more to be scared of and i just the way that they use symbolism and they intentionally have children as the voice telling the story and they take out the adults completely it feels like it caters even more toward um, middle grade children children um, of that age range and it just feels like if it were written that's how it would be in a book so that's the vibe that i got from it and of course it's like rated pg but there are definitely times when they use comedy and you think mm, that's not really something a kid should know about or would know about and you can see that maybe they're trying to pull in an older adult um audience <laughs> you know there's some there's definitely issues with the film um, but i'm not really going to talk about them because they didn't bother me that much or i just don't really remember certain things this time around and i think that's just because i was really focused on the essence of storytelling this time around again and I just really liked it. I even loved the introduction. Again, I talked about how the young girl's tricycle got taken away and the whole telescope thing and Nevercracker yelling and all that, but it leads us in with like this fall essence of following this little leaf and this the leaf falls in the, the sidewalk and the young girl just brushes past on her tricycle humming and then the whole vibe is ruined by the house. Like, immediately you're thrusted into this fall creepy sort of essence and then you're thrown into um, DJ's life. So right away the parents are taken away from the story. Also during this time I think DJ's friend Chowder comes into the story and Chowder and actually the day that all of this takes place in a day I believe um, is Halloween or it's like Halloween night. So that again has the essence of like childhood, you know, trick-or-treating, candy, but then this very scary thing happening, which it just kind of works with the theme, obviously, but DJ's kind of like 
we're too old to go trick-or-treating again <laughs> they i don't know they seem like they might be in middle school maybe gonna be going to high school at some point um but yeah so that's a whole conversation they're having and again if i'm not going in order this is roughly what's going on in this time um dj's babysitter z i think her name's like elizabeth or something like that but she goes by z it's hilarious because she shows up and she's all sweet and in her car and she has her hair wrapped up and whatever and as soon as she gets in the house and dj's like you know parents are gone she whips like a whole she takes her hair down and like she's has like darker clothing and darker eye makeup and she doesn't give a shit right and it's clear that not only are the adult figures or the power dynamic adult figures immediately taken away from the story but the ones that are sort of left are like teenagers or um uh, there's like police officers that come into play things like that but um they're sort of like immature adults or they're teenagers that are left and they sort of bully dj and chowder and jenny and don't believe them when they start telling them like hey something's going on and so i feel like that's another sort of interesting take on like how children see things differently and oftentimes it could be their imagination it could be true but adults don't always tend to take them at face value all the time um yeah so that's really cool how that happens and it's just cute those small little things but i don't really like how a lot of the you know older people or adults treat the children they just are very dismissive and it's kind of sad um and also before this before chowder comes over all this stuff i should mention that um i don't know how they end up over there i think the basketball chowder's basketball something happens where um something of dj's or his friend chowder's um item ends up on the lawn nevercracker's lawn right after nevercracker came outside and yelled at that young girl um for being on his lawn and took her tricycle away and nevercracker comes out and he yells again and he's angry and he knows the dj watches through his tele te watches through his telescope so he's kind of like realizing dj's kind of like spying on him which he kind of is but whatever um and he's yelling at him and He's getting super like animated and angry and he ultimately i think has like a heart attack and he falls onto dj first of all when i saw this scene i was like oh my god that would be so traumatizing i mean from his perspective but I, i'm pretty sure it was their basketball that went in the lawn but it's like oh their basketball have you ever experienced something where like you were a kid and let's say you were playing soccer or you're playing volleyball and like your ball went over the fence and you have like that immense dread like even if your neighbor wasn't like as bad as nevercracker you're just like oh i hope i didn't break anything my parents are gonna like be so pissed or oh i'm gonna have to go over to the neighbors and get my ball and like what if they're not home like, i feel like a lot of kids have gone through that at some point with their neighbors maybe it's just me i lived in the suburbs so this definitely experiences uh with that but yeah, the immense like dread I felt for DJ because, you know, first of all, their ball went over and that's kind of like awkward already. And then they know that it's a neighbor that doesn't like things like that. And then the neighbor yells at them, screams at them. There's no like parental figures on their side. So they really just feel very isolated and alone. And then on top of that, he has a whole heart attack and falls over onto him. I swear, I think it was a heart attack. It's something, right? And he's an older guy. So like he essentially looks like he's like dead and he like falls on top of dj 
and then the ambulance is called and this whole thing but the whole time i was just thinking wow how traumatic for dj <laughs> like okay yeah and also like nevercracker i wouldn't say that i'm not on his side but it just feels like a lot for him to be screaming at the kids which you get some backstory as to why he's doing it and it sort of takes away the villain vibe of Nevercracker that we're supposed to see, especially since we see the child perspective of being scared of him and fearful of him most of the time. But ultimately, like, yeah, I feel bad. Like, he's he's essentially had a heart attack, so that's actually really sad. But it's also like, oh, during that time, I felt really bad for DJ and Chowder. So that whole thing happens, you know, the babysitter's a bitch and her boyfriend comes over and he's also like a worse asshole to him. Um, they don't care. They really don't care at all. Um, the parents are going to actually be gone like overnight. So the girl is, his babysitter Z is, he's stuck with her for more than just a few hours, which sucks because she doesn't seem responsible at all, which I don't think she is. And Bones is just like a fucking loser. I'm like, oh God. And actually, now that I think about it, I don't know that this all happens in one day because I do remember it being like night and then morning. So this happens maybe in the span of like two to three days. And then at some point it's like Halloween. Maybe it's like the, the eve of Halloween and then it's Halloween the next day when a lot more stuff happens. But I swear, it's like a short amount of time and it's a pretty short run time too. So eh, I'm correcting myself a little bit, but some details might be a little messed up. Um, so yeah, and then at some point, you know, DJ goes to his room after all this crazy stuff with Nevercracker. No one's listening to him. He um, goes into his room and he's like watching the house or whatever. And for some reason, the phone rings and he keeps answering it and he doesn't hear anyone. And he, I think he sees like the chimney smoke or a light in the house across the street. And he's starting to suspect that he's being haunted by Nebercracker because at this point he thinks that Nebercracker is dead and who else would be like calling him like no one lives with Nebercracker like he's had Nebercracker as a neighbor for you can imagine probably for as long as he's been alive or been there um, in that neighborhood as a kid so he's like oh no I'm being haunted which seems like a huge jump and he has like no proof that Nebercracker is actually dead but I mean can you blame him and he tries to tell other people and again no one believes him and so eventually i think he tells <clears throat> chowder about it and like chowder thinks that he's just like imagining things but don't get me wrong chowder was actually scared of nevercracker when the ball went into his lawn before the heart attack so i think chowder is like a little less fearful because well when he wasn't there when the phone was ringing and calling him and like it wasn't a just a prank call it was very clearly coming from that house because he could hear the phone ringing across the street at the exact time which i mean coincidence maybe but still i mean even z is like oh great you have like your neighbor's number but of course she wasn't gonna believe DJ um, so <clears throat> they go on this whole journey and I don't even know why but Chowder like goes over there to try to prove to DJ like oh Nebercracker is not haunting you from the grave blah 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 and obviously he's like ballsy now because um, <laughs> Nebercracker is not actually there or he thinks he isn't or whatever so it goes over there and then they the house like reacts to them 
And before this, like a whole little thing happens with um, Z's boyfriend who came over, who I said was like a loser, and he gets snatched up by the house. It seems like quite a few people get like kidnapped by this house, and that's actually kind of scary because you don't know if they're like alive or not. You just like assume like they're dead or something. <laughs> it's really creepy, and you start to find that the house has a presence, like an essence, like it moves the roots of the trees next to it. It literally it's carpet there's like this carpet that comes out through the front door that acts like as a tongue and the entrance door is like the beginning of the house and you'll find later when they venture in that the house is like a person like it has a body and these are like organs of the house and like the grass moves and it's so interesting how they decided to do that with the house and I think some people will say that and they'll be like, well, duh, that's like a way they think of it. But they could have easily just made it like a creepy house with a spirit and like in, an, in a way that's exactly what it is. But it has more of a physical, tangible presence that I think is very interesting and done really well in the film. But anyway, so that happens. Chowder gets freaked out. I think the cops show up at this point because of course they do. Um, and technically DJ and Chowder are trespassing, so they get like a little bit of a warning. At this point, I think Jenny comes into the story. She's like this young girl who's selling candy on Halloween or like the day before. And they meet her because they tell her like, don't go to that house. And she doesn't listen because she thinks she knows everything, which you'll find that's kind of part of her personality. Um, but she's likable. She's like very witty and I like that about her. Um, so she goes to the house and the house pretty much like, tries to attack her. I don't remember why but that's how they meet and they like save her essentially and then she starts to believe them. Well she believes them because she saw it herself and she's like well you guys are kind of weird. I don't I wouldn't really hang out with you guys in like any other situation but you kind of saved me so before my mom gets here. So they all like start scoping out the house. It's a whole thing and um they, again, they're at the house, and I did, Jenny's actually there at this point. They're at the house, the cops come by and give them like a slap on the wrist, like a warning because they're trespassing. Could show up because they were trespassing, or they like called them and then the cops said, hey, you're trespassing. Whatever, the cops show up. I'm not really interested in the cops at all. They just are there, and I feel like it's kind of relevant because they come back, they come twice. They get kidnapped by the house. <laughs> and yeah, things happen. The kids like, try to find help, hoping someone will believe them. They go to some pizza shop and they're hoping to get some advice from this weird guy that works there and that's the whole thing and I don't really like him so. <laughs> and anyway, they eventually end up journeying into the house and that's when they see like the mouth, the throat. It's super creepy, super eerie, dark. They, I think they still at this point think that Nebercracker is like a spirit there because they still think he, they think he's dead at this point but there has been stories about other kids tricycles getting taken or their kites getting taken and um, there's stories about Nebercracker in general I don't know when that back flashback comes up but um, they go in the house and they find um, they end up in the basement and they're trying not to wake the house because they realize it has a presence and it will know when they're there and they start to find cues on like how they can maneuver around that and they end up in the basement. Why do they go in the house? Honestly, I can't remember. Does it matter? They end up in the house, this very 
eerie, cool thing that we've been seeing very clearly is alive and they're finally going inside. And as they go inside and they adventure into the house because there's always an adventure, um, but it's scary, uh, but palatable scary. I think palatable enough for kids, but it definitely could be creepy. Even as an adult, it was a little, oh, okay. Jump scare, jump scare, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but they go in the house and they end up in the basement where all these like toys are like pretty much rotting away. And <sighs> then they find a grave. And so this whole backstory is that Nebercracker. Okay, so there's this woman named Constance who it looked like they were abusing her definitely and probably in an older time. And they put her in a circus probably because she was like a lot more heavy set and that was supposed to be seen as spectacle or something. Very fat phobic and very fucked up. And they abused her, bullied her, major trauma, put her in like this like cage and people were throwing tomatoes at her, really fucked up. And so obviously that's how she's been seen her whole life and then Nebercracker like saves her, takes her away, they fall in love, they get married, whatever. And he starts a new life with her and essentially they start to build this house, which is the current house that's like haunting everything and everyone around it. And while they're building it, I think it's like Halloween night. Again, there's this like this um, thing that's trailing back to Halloween and things like that. And these kids are throwing eggs, which obviously is probably a trigger for Constance. They're throwing eggs at her, clearly being rude. And yeah, Nebercracker tries to calm her down saying, hey, they're just kids. Like, they don't know any better. It's fine. It's fine. You're fine. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. But she's still getting really angry and frustrated and upset, understandably. And he, I don't know if it's cement necessarily or concrete that he's putting down because there is a difference. But anyway, he's like laying something like the base of the house and she actually falls into it um, and dies. And that's really so sad. Like before she even has a chance to like grow as a person and experience like good things in her life because I'm sure she's probably had a really tough life at this point, she dies, which is pretty gruesome for a child story. Like someone dies, like someone actually dies in the story so that's whoa and the fact that they find like a shrine the kids back to the present this is a flashback but so now we're back to the present and the kids find like this shrine aka grave of Constance but it's like very well preserved probably because like cement was like over her or concrete or whatever he was laying down and he just left it there and then built the house over her and I guess her spirit is now living through the house that she was so ready and so proud of and um, considering like my house and so she is the monster of the house through her spirit because she still had vengeance and she was still angry and yeah and Nevercracker has just been trying to you know not feel alone by staying in that house with her presence but he also realizes that she's a major threat and a major danger to people around the neighborhood. So that's why he's been like yelling and screaming at these kids because he knows that if they get too close to the house, she'll essentially take them. And they, if they're in there long enough, they could probably die. Although no one else dies in the story. They eventually are like 
I think thrown out of the house like she throws up or something they find some way to do that or they run out anyway they end up outside of the house at some point <laughs> later we see like the police officers that were like taken by the house after they came back the second time to yell at the kids um and bones the loser boyfriend gets like spit up again too so no one like really dies except for constance um which is just based in a like gray flashback um nebercracker shows up and that's when the kids sort of have the whole story they've been given pieces by i think like random people talking about their the past or whatever um and then they see constance and then Nevercracker like probably fills them in on a little more of the details and I think he might actually be the one who tells them but either way um, DJ and Nevercracker have like this whole heart-to-heart -heart in front of the house and he DJ realizes like oh my god Nevercracker is not dead and you know it's Constance or whatever it's this lady um, that they found in the basement um, yeah and Nevercracker is like you know it's been so long and like clearly he's exhausted he's an old man he's like he wants to be done with this but he was really just trying to save the lives of those kids but also couldn't let go and then like dj's talking to him it's like you know it's time you need to like let her go let it go and obviously the house is bad because he decides to side with dj like right in front of the house and she like pulls the house up from the roots and chases dj and chowder and jenny and nebercracker all the way to like this weird eerie construction site and it's like a whole battle or whatever <laughs> it's really really cool and they win the battle after much effort <laughs> and then there's like this whole cute little it's halloween um and they're giving out the toys that were taken by the house <laughs> back to the kids and um, they show like the little girl from the beginning of the movie getting her tricycle back and being really happy and again like i said uh, bones and the officers are alive and everything's better and nevercracker doesn't have to worry about you know the haunted house anymore he doesn't have to you know suffer like that anymore although i don't know what he's going to do about a house because the house is completely gone but that's not the point who knows? That's not the point. <laughs> and um, it ends on a note where DJ and Chowder are talking about um, going trick-or-treating, and I guess they're not too old after all, you know? So it's a really cute way to end the story, especially since it does get a little scary, but I still think it's great. And I just wanted to do like a really quick commentary over this story. I didn't really have any in-depth analysis and i honestly kind of butchered some of the summary uh but you know as i go sometimes i remember things so yeah i think i spoke about everything that i wanted to talk about i don't think i had like a favorite scene mm. i think overall the whole essence of the house I thought was awesome and I thought it was the best part of the film. I feel like there's another way that they could have taken the story that would have done it, would have not have done it justice. And I like the way that they did it this time around. Uh, I like that they took a lot of the parents out because I feel like it made the kids more vulnerable and so you felt like something really could happen because no one was monitoring or helping them. Um, and I mean that's true like 
when the parents are there, you're kind of like, oh, the parents are going to like risk their lives or they're going to help them and guide them. But no, they really felt like they were isolated or alone or had to fight something. And um, it made it more scary because you knew this, the kids were actually very fearful of something. And yeah, I just felt like the house was like a, an additional character. And I really liked the heart to heart between uh, DJ and Nevercracker. The back and forth with DJ and Chowder, their dialogue was really good thought Jenny was very witty and it's a good film and I think that it doesn't matter what age you are you would enjoy this film and I will leave you with that thanks but if I let her go I'll have no one it's not true.